Welcome to Unlearn. I'm Kat. I'm Misha. And I we're not gonna lie to you, fans. We have had many a wine. Three bottles. Between three people. One bottle each. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually pretty okay right now though. We're we're fine enough to record. It's a Friday night and there's no work tomorrow, so yay. We're excited and happy. School's out for the summer. Not it's the still mist of winter. We're very much into winter right now, so kids do not get excited if you're listening to your your parents who are playing podcasts and they're like, "Oh my god, school's out for the summer! Oh my god!" And it's not real. Yeah, it's fake. Let's ask the first question. Oh well. <laughs> so in today's episode, it's just gonna be a hodgepodge of hot mess. So either you guys either want to delete this podcast right now or just listen to see what may happen because you don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen. I'm mad today. I'm real mad. Well, so Misha's mad because I cannot reveal the source (laughs) because of the confidentiality (laughs) agreement I did not sign. (laughs) But Misha is mad about economic and inequality which is something we all should be make me about. sound deep thank you See, i mean black women you and me 68 cents on the dollar i make 68 cents on the dollar from my husband a white man what i mean but also we're in very different fields but one of the one of the reasons i chose my field is a growing field that's very lucrative hmm. but you still pay less yeah 68 cents what can you buy with that Tell me, <laughs> tell me, what can you Not buy? Not as much as I could buy with a dollar. <laughs> exactly, because what do they have, cat? Dollar stores. But do you ever hear about point sixty eight stores? <laughs> you don't, do you? No. <laughs> You're welcome. That's the real issue. Why don't they have stores for things less than a dollar when we pay less than a dollar? Fact. This is what my Yale degree was used for. <laughs> this type of reasoning. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm gonna take another sip of wine after that. <laughs> and we should also let you know that we're gonna continue sipping our wine throughout this podcast. So if things get ridiculous, or I might drink some of cat's wine because my glass is almost empty. Oh, girl, I'll pour you some more. No, I'm gonna drink some of yours. Oh, like literally out of my glass. Yeah, you're like. I can get a brand new bottle, but she's like, no, but actually from my glass. So that's where we get, that's exactly we where don't we drink are right often, now. but when we do, when we do, it gets go out hard. of hand. It gets out of hand. What's the first question? Uh, well, so Misha, let's let's talk about what it's like being a black woman and making oh. less than what our worth. You let me tell you what that's about. It makes me mad. That's what it does. It, it makes me mad. I I really don't have anything to say. I don't have any. I just have such emotion that I can't convey over microphone. <laughs> like it's in facial expressions, it's in body movements. I'm just angry, so angry, because I mean, I mean, I think I knew growing up that no matter what I did in my life, I would have to work harder, whether it be like work harder because I was a woman, or work harder because I was a minority, and. I think being able to see numbers where it's like you are literally being paid or valued less because of 
things you can't change about yourself yeah. is a very like hurtful it's a very hurtful thing and you know it's it's interesting because i like black people commonly acknowledge that there's a black tax like you have to work twice as hard to have half of what they have mm-hmm. and at the i feel like people don't talk about how there's a woman tax like mm-hmm. there's so we talk about how there's like a tampon tax where mm-hmm. there's a, a Which tax is ridiculous. on the, I know it's absolutely like you should. It's an absolute necessity of life. who decided. Unless you men, no, like men, men decide I'm just so like mad. they decide that we don't have the right to choose whether or not we want to be pregnant. Like men don't care what happens with our vaginas. But, like honestly, what drives me crazy about Republicans is just like you have the like. They are pro-life until you're actually born. And then they don't give a single fuck about you. Once you're born, you're garbage to the world. <laughs> like, frankly, Dang. if you're not like if you're not born into privilege, like Republicans honestly see you as like a waste of a human. Mm-hmm. If you're it's it's like a sad system. Like they only care before you're born, before you're mm-hmm. an actual human being. But that's not the point. The point is. There's a tax on it. It's crazy that and I don't know a, a lot about politics. So I was like, I don't know. Do you know what's like crazy? So as the listeners may know, I'm like in HR and I do like learn a lot about benefits. Oh, but yeah. do you know it's covered for men? What? Viagra. It's covered. <gasps> like they get it for free. Are you serious? But it's just the Affordable Care Act for to have birth control covered for women. Viagra has been covered for men for years. Isn't that crazy? It's not even necessary. It's not necessary. Well, for old men in Congress, it's very necessary because all they care about is getting their cock up. But they don't really give a fuck about the necessities of a woman's vagina. (laughs) Did you hear Obama's State of the Union? Yes. Let me tell you. (laughs) Okay. My favorite moment of the whole State of the Union is when he was like, the only people who have job security for the next 35 years and guaranteed health insurance and guaranteed salaries are the people in this room. I was like, oh, my God. I like, drop the mic right now, Obama. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. Let's talk about privilege. I mean, he's the only president who's ever talked about privilege in a very realistic way. And, like, I feel like I honestly don't feel like people give Obama enough credit because... Mm-hmm. He's done a real solid job considering that he's had to put up with white ass, male ass Congress for <laughs> the last eight years. He had to put up with a slew of white men with egos and Viagra. Bigger. And yeah. Viagra. With egos and Viagra. And they ODing on Viagra in <laughs> the Congress. <laughs> and it's absolutely ridiculous. And Let's talk about Bernie Sanders because, like, I know everyone let wants me, me know. to feel the burn. Let me know because I, I, I kind of feel the burn, but I, let me know why I shouldn't be feeling the burn. I I love the principles of it. Like, I'm lo- I'm, I'm socialist. I'm not even low-key socialist. I'm high-key socialist. Hey, you said high-key. Okay, let me know. But it's so unrealistic because, like, when... Let's say we elect Bernie Sanders. Okay. He gets into office. Mm-hmm. How is he going to change the Ted Cruz's of the world? How is he going to get it past the House of Representatives? How is he going to get it past Executive the Executive action. Okay. He's so gonna he's going to have care. to be like this. Is, 
honestly if america was sweden that would be dope because that would mean that women are making 98 cents to the dollar and i would love that but then that also means i probably wouldn't live there because there are no black people in sweden anyway people that's not racist we can't be racist okay it's fact no well there's less snow there (laughs) we are not adapted to the cold anyway (laughs) but like his principles everything he says like free education like free college love it every but everything he says is just so beautiful but so unrealistic like where are you getting the money to make college free but what if he can't do it how i think i'm not gonna put my trust in it because like Obama came in with real grand ideas, and I think that he honestly and sincerely wanted to execute every grand he, idea that he, he had. He delivered a lot towards the end, though. But no, I, okay, I'm a big Obama fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge, huge Obama fan, not just because he's black. Yeah, I'm a huge Obama fan. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay, I'm saying that in a democracy. And by a democracy, I mean a land led by white men. You're you're not gonna get what you want. You're just not gonna get what but you what? want. Okay, I'm just an idealist. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I've discovered. That's what Barney's banging on. He wants the idealist. I mean, I low key, I like that Hillary's a politician, and she's a strong ass woman. She's a strong ass woman. She's strong, but I'm just like, look, and she she can handle the Putins of the world. I don't think Bernie can. Bernie's gonna have a heart attack eventually. Look, okay, fair, <laughs> fair. Okay, we know he's gonna have a heart attack eventually, <laughs> but at least we'll have it in the White House if he gets elected. I'm look. What I'm saying is, there's something shady about Hillary to me. Of course, she's hella shady. No, she's hella shady. I'm not going to deny what is that. His, what is this man's name? Michael Walzer? Is that his name? Walzer? He talks about... He's this this philosopher, political science man, who talks about the problem of dirty hands. Have you ever heard of this before? It's basically this idea that, in general, people like for other human beings to be decent human beings. Mm-hmm. We like for you to do the right things. But for people who have to represent the whole, like our politicians, we want them to be good people, but we also want them to be people who could do the wrong thing mm-hmm. if necessary in order to protect the whole. Yeah. I Yeah. I so because of that, I will say that Hillary might make a good president. I think she would make She a- might have dirty hands. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, she definitely has dirty hands. You don't make it... Like, you don't make it this far without getting your hands filthy. Period. I, like, I'm not, I'm not even a Hillary fan, but I'd rather have her over Bernie. I'd rather have her over Donald or Ted. Yo, if Donald, oh my God. I would, on like, I know people joke about moving to another country, I'm I'm not kidding. I'm setting myself up. I only interview with companies that have subsidiaries abroad so that I have the opportunity to work abroad like I will I will I'm not lying when I say I will not raise my kids in America I will say I would not move you're brave I would not move but I would be sad <laughs> I, would, I would be 
pretty sad. I'm just gonna be okay. honest. People exaggerate. I think you actually would move. No, I honestly you would move. But I'm, people be I'm tripping. They be like, French I would move. Speak. I would move. And I'm just like, no, you, you don't have the financial means to move. So you need to figure out <laughs> <laughs> you need to figure out how you're gonna deal with this. But I would just deal with it and figure out how I was gonna survive if Donald one, Trump became president. I'm gonna say He's anti Muslim. What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? I'm not Muslim. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. What am I but I mean like but it's how can America be founded on religious freedom and be anti-Muslim? I'm not sure it was founded on a, on religious freedom to begin with, though. That's well, that's what they claim. I mean, like, like honestly, I, I have a degree in history. Let me tell you, America is founded on bullshit because and slavery and in slavery, the backbone of America. I'm constantly playing the slavery card. Why? <laughs> Why do I say that? Because it happened. I, no, don't want, I don't want other people and to be able to forget. Unhappen. Oh, what? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I'm getting real right now. You want us to remember the Holocaust? Oh, wait. But what wait, about slavery? You want us to remember 9-11? Oh, wait. What? <laughs> you want us to remember this? But what about slavery? But oh, what about forget slavery? it. Forget it. They, yeah, no. But honestly, people people are what? trying to whitewash American history. Like, you know, those like Texas, like those Texas um, textbooks. Texas textbooks. That's a mouthful. Tongue twister. But like they were honestly like instead of saying the Atlantic slave trade, they whitewashed it. What'd they say? They were it was like the Atlantic trade or like the they I God, I forgot like the actual words. Remember people, we are had a lot of wine. I'm almost done with my cup. I'm about to start on cat's cup. <laughs> Just so we're all aware. But, like, they, they try to whitewash history where it's just honestly, like, this slavery was... They were trying to pretend that slavery didn't happen. And they're trying to pretend that Christopher Columbus is not the architect of the Atlantic slave trade. Reminder, because I, I'm still really mad that... So, recently, it was MLK Day. Uh. And where my husband works, and reminder, my husband's a white man... I was just like, if you do not advocate for MLK Day, you will not hear the end of it. MLK so, Day is not all for us either. Oh, oh, I have feels about that. I have all the feels about that. Don't say my company. I, name, but, <laughs> thank you. But I have all the feels about that. And like, so he gets Christopher Columbus Day off, but he does Ooh, not get MLK that's Day That's heavy. Off. That's and heavy. Like, that's heavy. It it crushes me inside because. But why we get Columbus Day off? What did he do so great? Nothing. I said, it, he didn't even. He didn't see, that's exactly a America. white man getting getting credit for accident. You know what he did? He 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 made he did. it accident. He founded the Atlantic slave trade. Let's be real. He founded the Atlantic slave trade, and white people are mad happy about that because they established America as a world power. Boom. Boom. I said it. Boom. History Let me take major. a sip of my wine. Like Kermit the Frog with his tea. <laughs> Let me take a sip of my wine. Uh, but like, it's it's just, it's absolutely crazy. Don't know how we got on this topic. Don't really give this a This is fuck. what I'm saying though. But how come this person can make a mistake? Be like, oh, I'm selling to the Indies. <laughs> oh, wait. These are Indians. It drives I me crazy. I discovered a new nation. I get, Let's bring some slaves in. Oh, wait, 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 wait. This wasn't India. 
<laughs> oh, oh, okay. But Let's where? remember him forever. Let's remember this man forever. Can what? we? Can I honestly say it annoys me? Like, so you know, just so you know how like people of color take on the <laughs> take on the like linguistics of their oppressor. So you know why are you how like right now? Why? So Let you us know, Cat. Honestly, like black people was calling them calling themselves Negroes for a real long time, but like what drives me crazy is that like Native American people still call themselves Indian, and it's just like you're not from India. You are you are from America. You are like, first you're people. Native. You were here Indigenous America, and honestly, wherever you called America before. The man named Americus or whatever his name was. Whatever his name was. Like, straight up. You are native to this land and you deserve to call yourself whatever the fuck you feel. You don't, like, you don't have to call yourself Indians, but you're taking on the linguistics of your oppressor. And that's a very real thing. It's real. And it's, like, sad and tragic. Like, honestly, every time that, like, like my father-in-law was just, like, Blah, 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 Indians. I was like, wait, are you talking about people from India? Or are you talking about Native American people? Are you talking about indigenous people to this land? Or people actually from India? Let me know. And he was like, oh, I meant Native Americans. And I was Clarify. like, oh, okay. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have gotten that based on your dialect because you're the oppressor. I didn't, I didn't tell him he was the oppressor. You know, oh my god! Other Some people that don't want to know they be oppressed. You know what I mean? People, everyone people don't want to know. know. Everyone needs to know when they're oppressor. Sometimes but we be oppressing. You guys, what? Sometimes. What? Sometimes. Girl. Look, look. Shh. Let me let you know. Look in America. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a, that's a subject for another day. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> But my time abroad taught me there's some there's some complexity when it comes to oppression. No, I mean there's definitely complexity to it, a hundred percent. Because let me, okay, like I do think racism comes with power. Mm-hmm. I don't think minorities can be racist. I agree with that. But I do think black people can be oppressors, and some black people will be oppressing other black people. But and I want I want to hear more about this. Sometimes I think that in order to be more aligned, like you, okay, you know how you were just talking about the fact that sometimes people who are oppressed take on the language of people who are oppressing them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think that people who are oppressed want to find favor in the sight of the people who are oppressing them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they begin mimicking the actions, mimicking Mm -hmm. the language, and oppressing their own people in order to find favor in the eyes of the people who are oppressing them. So what's the difference between that and assimilating to culture? Or is that all within the spectrum of assimilating? I think it's in the spectrum, maybe. In my drunken state, that's what I say. (laughs) (laughs) It might be different when I'm sober and rational. (laughs) But I would, I probably, and when I think of assimilation, I think more of not necessarily like, behavior towards other people within your group but behavior in order to appear a certain way in front of your oppressor so you may be dressing a certain way or talking a certain way in front of people who are trying to change you 
but internally or with people who are of the same ethnic group or cultural group, you might not necessarily exhibit those behaviors. Whereas I think, I mean, I don't know if, if uncle Tom would be the right word, Mm -hmm. but I would think of those people in some ways as being of like taking on oppressor type behaviors. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I, let me know what you think. Well, so in my experience as being like a black girl in inner city Chicago mm-hmm. in a black neighborhood growing up being told that she talks white mm-hmm. but never identifying with anything mm-hmm. remotely white like like exclusively identifying mm-hmm. with black culture mm-hmm. but being considered a person who talks white mm-hmm. I ugh, I don't know I don't I don't see it because I felt like other black people were trying to put me down Mm -hmm. because I authentically embrace my education. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I don't, I wasn't like, it's not like I grew up with like a lot of money, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, I, I feel like I still grew up kind of classist Mm -hmm. where even though I was like at best lower middle class Mm -hmm. at on a, on a good month, I did not like I did not embrace white culture at all and I was I genuinely felt authentically black all Mm -hmm. the time Mm -hmm. and and for that not to be seen based on the fact that education was of value to me was really kind of like an injustice for anyone who like decided that who that was who I was Mm -hmm. See, I'm not, I don't think I'm associating that with being like, oh, this is where I was raised. Like, this is how I was raised. I got educated. I know I'm educated. And I also know I'm black. I don't think that puts you in the category of an oppressor. For me, putting a black person into a category of oppressor means literally you are aware of the power dynamic. Mm -hmm. You are aware of how, how your people have been oppressed and somehow you gain power. And then instead of helping your men, your fellow men and women escape their oppression, you choose to oppress them further. Mm -hmm. And I, I see this mainly in government, government position positions, you know, where you have the power to be creating policy or doing things for people that are going to really help them. But instead you're constantly worried about the fact, how am I going to appear? How am I going to get to this next office? Right. Instead of helping your people, you're constantly like, I'm trying to become president. And so I'm just going to forget that you have actual issues. What you're doing, what you just described, I think it's just a matter of saying like, I have been a part of a group of people who have been historically oppressed, but I'm not going to let that define my outcome. Yeah. I'm going to like empower myself and find ways to like become greater. But you have not put yourself in a situation where you're oppressing other people. Do you know what I mean? I agree. Whereas I see some people. Mm. I've been to school with somebody's people. <laughs> where it's like, why? You made it out of this place. Mm-hmm. Somehow people believed in you enough to give you opportunities to get out of this place. Cause we don't all get those opportunities. And instead of helping people 
do the same thing you're you're contributing to systems that are going to press them further and i don't Mm -hmm. understand why you're doing that you're not that type of person though thank goodness (laughs) goodness i'm we woke no yeah for sure we're woke as hell i would like to uh, thank my high school teacher mr mcgee who was straight up like Black people can't be racist. Let me tell you why. Because we do not benefit from systems of privilege and power. And I was like, oh, shit, Mr. McGee. You right. The name McGee makes me laugh. But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But But he was like, woke as hell. I was like, yes, thanks for waking me up on my oppression, bruh. And then I went to college. And then once you go to college, it's just further conversations of social justice. And you're just like, like my mind has exploded because I realized this entire time that the system has worked against me mm-hmm. and against my family and it's been like this struggle of privilege and power for mm-hmm. so many centuries and I think about like my grandma coming from like Mississippi and the great migration mm-hmm. looking coming to Chicago for opportunity my and then her father being a sharecropper in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And then and then it's like my dad's side of the family who came straight up, like straight up immigrants from Africa and like feeling and the dealing with the aftermath of um, colonization from the British. Woo. Let's not even get into colonization. Well, I too not enough time in the day to not get colonization and it's just like my both sets like my mom and dad are coming from these very real but very different ideas of oppression because mm-hmm. like realistically you come to america as a one you're in america as a person of color good fucking luck you come mm-hmm. to america as an immigrant of color mm-hmm. May the Lord bless your soul (laughs) because you need all the luck in the fucking world. And like you need like you have to. And it's it's almost greater than like the black tax because like Mm -hmm. I don't I don't have an American accent and like people people hear me talk. They hear me Mm -hmm. and they call me articulate and and like and it's just like <laughs> nobody's ever called me articulate because i'm not <laughs> just you, so we're clear I'm, no but you are but like but I'm it's it's like it, it creeps me out every time that per- white person's like oh you're so arti- like you're so articulate and i know that they what mean do it you mean i like know that they mean it in a non-racial way because the way like i pride myself on the way that i communicate and I'm very, like, I'm very methodical in the words that I say and the way that I present myself and the way that I speak. So, like, I know that as a compliment, but I can't take it as a compliment as a black person. <laughs> it's super unfortunate. It's People super unfortunate. are racist all the time. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even know when they're being racist. You know what I mean? They don't even know. <laughs> they don't even know. But it's like... I mean, no one, no one's ever been like, you're articulate for a black person. But, but even though they're saying you're articulate. Yeah. I feel like people rarely say that to people within their group. 
Like, I don't feel like a white person will say that to another white person. They were like, oh, my God, you're articulate. That's true. So even in saying that to you, that's like, why am I worth that extra, that extra description almost? Is it because I'm articulate for this type of person? Am I articulate because I'm a woman? Am I extra articulate because I'm a black person? Like, I I just tend to question things where Mm -hmm. it was like, if you don't say this to your to people within your cultural group or your ethnic group why are you saying this to me but that's just because i'm a you know i'm a little skeptic no i'm i'm definitely skeptical definitely i don't know i tend i tend to think there's a lot of unconscious stuff going on in every interaction yeah and and that's the person like that's the problem of being a person of multiple intersecting identities mm-hmm. because you're just like are they saying it because I'm this identity or this identity or this identity mm-hmm. like you never you never know if someone's being genuine or if they're being like subtly sexist mm-hmm. or subtly racist or subtly homophobic I mean you don't have to worry about the homophobic thing but I do can I ask you a question yeah so sometimes do you not talk about particular parts of your identity just so that you can see how people react like or how people speak about it when they're not aware that that's like part of your own identity i mean i don't open if the identity is not perceived Mm -hmm. i don't openly talk about it Mm -hmm. until i know how the person feels like honestly like if i so i've like met people who have said like homophobic things Mm -hmm. to me and I was like, bye, Felicia, because like, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 like I'll like i confront them on it. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really homophobic. And they were like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, these are the ways. OK, bye. And by the way, by the way, I'm bye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can we? Okay, this is so off topic. Can we, I mean, you're not going to understand whatsoever, but can we talk about bi-invisibility? You know what? Although I do not identify as bisexual, I have read so many, I have tried to understand this because I don't understand what's so hard to understand that, <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm being a little weird right now, but it just makes sense to me that some people would not necessarily identify on the extremes of the spectrum that some people would identify, like be able to be attracted to certain people, to both, both quote genders at the same time. Yeah. And mentally would be able to be attracted to both genders at the same time. That just makes sense to me. Right. But some people think that it's a lie. They think it's a a myth. They're like, Oh, you're, you're like, just not willing to talk about the fact that you're gay. Right. I read on this because I was so interested in why people who identify as bisexual just aren't allowed to identify that way. Right. People just don't want to allow you to kind of just exist almost. Anyway, I'm not meaning to heterosexually (laughs) identifying explain this for you. (laughs) Heterosplain. I'm um, not meaning to heterosplain that for you. How about how about you talk about that for us? I okay. So anytime that a guy finds out that like I'm bisexual or queer, they're like, "Oh, so you're really into threesomes?" I'm like, that's "So that's not, that's not what that means. That's 
that means that I can be equally or not even it doesn't mean it have to be equally because like to be bisexual you just have to have attraction to men and women they don't have to be equal Mm -hmm. and just because you like one sexually doesn't mean you you like like you don't like them the same amount romantically if like you can Mm -hmm. like you can be biamorous and you can be bisexual Mm -hmm. but you can also be heteroamorous and bisexual Mm -hmm. and you can be homoamorous it's so complex sexual it's like it's really complex and like Mm -hmm. people don't like to acknowledge that bisexual people exist Mm -hmm. like they gay women will not fuck with a bisexual girl why do you think that is i i well i I think what i'm asking is why do you think people have such a hard time you know for at least in my opinion and this is like obviously creating boundaries around certain identities right but like for me thinking about how it must be to be homosexual in our culture i would think whoa you must be really open to different identities you must be like very understanding you've been an oppressed group of people in our culture you must be very understanding of like what it must be like to be bisexual but that's not necessarily the case you know what i mean that's not necessarily the case why do you think it is that like bisexual people in general are invisible and that these and that people who are heterosexual people who identify as homosexual are kind of like you have to choose i feel like people obviously think you just like have to choose yeah. you can't be on like I this feel spectrum like even honestly our entire society is nothing but economy it's just mm-hmm. like either you're democratic or you're republican or you're like a republican you're either male or you're female like mm-hmm. there's nowhere in between anywhere in society like society is just like it's this way or it's this way there's no in between it which is there's absolutely no gray. ridiculous yes yeah. they don't allow for gray and like there's nothing in her world that doesn't have 50 shades of gray Am I right? Ooh, okay. Uh-huh. I got the Literary reference. Never reference. read it. Never read it. <laughs> I read my some mom of it. did. I, I bought it. it for her. <laughs> okay. I bought weird. it for my mom. <laughs> Love you, mom. If you're listening to this, <laughs> I read some of it. And I was like, I'm not into this. <laughs> and I just stopped reading. I like got like 30 pages in. And I was like, Ugh, it creeps mm. me out. <laughs> Let's go to another book. Next. <laughs> But what were you um, saying? But I I think that it's just like everyone has to live within an economy that mm-hmm. there's no in between. Because like you see how people react to people who are genderqueer, who are transgender, who are like, who don't fit. Like we as humans put each other into categories. And if you don't fit neatly into your little box, then people are, are like mad about it. And it's like, but you know, I feel kids. like. Mm. sorry to make this about religion or philosophy but i feel like so especially in western culture maybe in cultures all over the world so much of our religious and philosophical traditions i feel like we kind of inherit dichotomies Mm -hmm. like it's either like you're good or you're evil yeah you're of milk and honey, or you're of like this dry desert. Um, you're yeah. of- <laughs> I was going to say Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> Sodom and Gomorrah. You're like of this or you're that. Like there's no, there's no complexity in it. There's it's no all- flexibility to yeah, be human. Yeah, exactly. There's no like, you know, 
Milk and Honey and Sodom and Gomorrah, and that's both okay. Yeah, you, you, know, you can have some Milk and Honey, and you, you can, can have, have some their Sodom cake and Gomorrah and eat it too. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's fine. That's what it means to be human. It's to be complex. And for me, I I think I heard this per. So I went to this baby shower once, like a few months ago, and this guy was there, and he said, "My philosophy is, you know, all human beings sin, and so my philosophy is to sin boldly." And I was like, you know, okay. I kind of love that. I kind yeah. of love that. I'm not out trying to murder people. Because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't believe in violence like that. But, like, you know, so many religious and philosophical traditions teach, you know, like, this is what it means to be a good human being. This is what it means to be good. And I think that, like, human existence is much more complex than that. Like, yes. it's, we're tying, like, ways to identify cultural groups, ethnicity, socioeconomic sense like there's so many things that are constantly being incorporated into our life experiences that don't allow us to fit into these very strict categories of like purity mm-hmm. and dirtiness like being human being a human being is complex you know and like we should be allowed to be complex we shouldn't be we shouldn't have to be like this one thing we should be allowed to be on a spectrum in all different ways Exactly. Anyway, I'm going on a rant, exactly. but that's my last name. <laughs> I also could be a rapper. That's what you that's... all just learned. <laughs> <laughs> You're so entitled with the last name Aran. Right? <laughs> I am. Thank you, Mama. <laughs> Thank you, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying. So, Misha, what did you learn this year? I learned that people are, certain people, certain people in certain groups, Mm -hmm. certain ethnic groups, certain cultural groups, are not allowed to be in charge of their own narratives, to be in charge of their own stories. And I also wrote about the fact, in this essay that I had to write for people who are wondering, that... Stories are not just rhetorical tools. They're not just tools of rhetoric. There are things that express our deepest desires and the things we find most true. Mm-hmm. So, one, this year I think I learned that especially that people in power are allowed to tell stories about their own group and they're allowed to tell stories about other groups of people that pretty much determine how those groups of people will be interpreted for certain periods of history secondly i learned that people who are considered intolerant or people who are considered bigoted for example are their stories are are taken to be tools of rhetoric and i say that because at one point in my life especially in high school when I just became a Christian and I became evangelical, I believed that homosexuality was wrong. And I remember I spoke out about, I spoke out about it. And although internally I was like, this doesn't make sense to me. The tools I was given to read the Bible told me that was true. And so my interpretation was I am being this way towards this group of people 
because I want to save them. I want to save them from hell. Quotation marks. <laughs> Which now I obviously find to be. <laughs> save me from hell, please, Misha. Quite opposite of what I believe. <laughs> but at the time, I truly believed that I was doing the most. I was being as loving as I possibly could. My whole life has been dedicated to to thinking about how I could love people the greatest. And at that particular time, that's how I was taught to do it. And so what I what I'm going to be quiet and say the summary <laughs> of this whole mom this whole thing is that some people who are considered intolerant or bigoted you know, they're they're obviously being quote hateful towards other groups but i think we have to understand where they're coming from in order to combat it if we just say oh they're being intolerant because they're irrational within search within certain religious worldviews they're not irrational they're perfectly rational and unless we can understand that Mm -hmm. there's no way of breaking that down and building a relationship and being able to make a difference it's all about perspective it's all about perspective and although I disagree with it, I also hold an identity that tells me that I know what it's like to be in that oppressive situation, that I know what it's like to be in that bigoted, bigoted seat. And that, I think, helps me be empathetic. I went on a rant that had no conclusion. <laughs> that had no conclusion. Well, it had a conclusion that you're no longer low-key bigoted. You know, I, I feel like we're all bigoted in some ways. I'm not a perfect human being, well, but I yeah, feel like no I'm better is. than I used to be. I feel like I'm better than I used and to be. And that's all you can ever hope for is to be better than you, who you were in, like yeah. previously because exactly. we're, we're flawed. Mm-hmm. Every last one of us are flawed we're and flawed. it's just, you can only aspire to be your best self. And like when you die, you hope to be the best self that you are and the best person, the best version of yourself. So, what do you, go ahead. What do you think about stories? Who is, who's allowed to tell their stories? Who, who has the autonomy to tell their own stories? And I'm like, how do you even think about like this whole idea of storytelling to begin with? So I'm going to go back to my education where primary source was the best and most accurate source of like receiving I love a good primary source. And pri- so I feel Can like Can you let every people story- know what that is? Because some people yeah. don't know. What's the primary source? What's the secondary source? What for for those who are not like, or, or who didn't um, have majors or weren't in high school or who didn't pay attention to English class, basically. Because <laughs> that's like where I learned it. A primary source is the first source of the news so it's it's like where you get it first you know you know how it's like that first person channel seven count. is all like storm coming we got we see it first like that type of shit where it's just like mm-hmm. what second person is like second person second person's like oh oh channel seven <laughs> talks about this hurricane let me talk about my interpretation of what they said. 
but <laughs> even sometimes the primary source is maybe the source of the oppressor and not the oppressed so Ooh, what so true did they teach you in that school or did you just come out I with did, that? all that fancy book learning wasn't exclusively from school it's from it's from life you just blew my mind with that <laughs> so Ooh. a lot of like the sources or just a lot of what i learned like through i guess through my development was the best source from the story is the original source and the original source often don't get their narrative told correctly huh it's, I sounded like Rick Ross right then, but I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Let me know what you were saying, Kat. It's, I mean, often the story is manipulated to benefit the privilege. So, like, I let's... I agree 100%. Let, can, can we clarify one thing, though? Yes. Can we talk about privilege? Can we talk about white privilege? Because sometimes I don't think... That people know exactly what people talk about when they say white privilege. Okay. I remember, especially when I was in grad school, this person wrote this article for Time that was like, I'm a white man and my family is an immigrant family and we worked from the bottom up. And so, therefore, we don't have privilege. And I was... <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. I did a, a multiple dick-sucking motion to the, in response to... <laughs> And this person was like, therefore, I don't have privilege. And I was like, that is a grave misunderstanding of what white privilege actually is. So can you just for like people who might be like, well, my family is poor and we're white and therefore we don't have privilege. Can you maybe give like a explanation of what white privilege is? White privilege is being given the benefit of a doubt. What? Period. Mm. It's like, honestly, one, it's living your life not in fear of the police. Growing up in a black community on the south side of Chicago, I was exclusively taught to not trust and to fear the police. While my white counterparts who lived in the same neighborhood as me were taught the opposite, where you can... Most of, I mean, most of the time, the cops were their uncles or their dads or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, when you live in Beverly, it's all cops and firefighters. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I I can never aspire to have faith and belief in the police because mm-hmm. if they see a person of color, shoot first, ask question later, where, as opposed to seeing a white person where it's like, oh, well, we should investigate what's happening mm-hmm. even though he has a gun to a hostage head. Like, they, the person could literally have a gun out on them and they're like, oh, no, no, let's not shoot to kill. Let's, mm-hmm. at, at worst, let's just shoot him in the shoulder. <laughs> so he, so let's he'll shoot him in the toe. <laughs> yeah, like, we, let's not murder him. Like, mm-hmm. I, that's how I interpret the police. And I mean, mm-hmm. that's definitely a part of privilege, but like, that's not... That's not an explanation of privilege whatsoever. But, like, in my opinion, it's not even so much of, like, oh, it's not even doubting struggle. Like, I'm not trying to say your family hasn't struggled. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that for the mere fact of you having white skin, you are perceived in a certain way. Right. You are perceived as non-threatening. As non-threatening. 
you're perceived as being educated. Right. You're perceived as talking proper. You're perceived as being a nice human being that's not going to murder me or kill me. Whereas black humans, it has even been shown historically through newspapers, through certain medias, that from the time of slavery, black people have, have like had this type of negative, what is the word I'm looking for? Not media. But black people have been painted in in such Mm -hmm. a way that, that continuously degrades their character. Right. You know, in the 1800s, it was like black people are inherently evil and they rape our women. Right. Well, Whereas, it's still like that, it's honestly. Still, right? It's, it's like having white privilege means that by the mere fact of you having white skin, you're able to walk in certain spaces mm-hmm. without being questioned. By thinking that you're inherently good because of the color of your skin. Right. It doesn't mean that you haven't had to struggle financially. Right. But when you walk into a bank, you're they're going to think that, that you probably are a nice person. Yeah. I you're feel, probably going to get that loan. Every time like a white person is like, I pulled myself up <laughs> by my boot bootstraps. But what if you like, had, this what, is the American dream. But what if you like, haven't been given boots? Right. <laughs> what am I saying? You're right. Black like, people haven't like, been given boots. You know how they like, <laughs> you know the analogy of like we all we're all in a race and like we all start at different points in the race. It's just like white people, y'all have boots. We don't have boots. We're barefoot. We don't even we're have barefoot. And you started socks. at the finish line. That's what it you really. Your guns are odd. How? And you cross the finish line, and we're still. We're like, where are our boots? Where? Where? Where are they? And I have shoes to run this I race. Don't see or... any boots. It's are those my boots? <laughs> are those my can boots? Can I? Oh, they sir? already won the race. Oh. Sir, why are you ignoring me? I just want my boots. <laughs> sir, can I have my boots? Oh, <laughs> there were none made for my foot size. Uh, uh oh. Okay. okay. So, so I just lost the race because I didn't have the proper tools and should like start the race to begin with. (laughs) Oh, I get it. And do you ever like? Does it drive you crazy that America's like everything that America's even based on? Like, I God, let me express myself as if I was sober. Take your time. Listeners, again, we've had so much wine. More wine? So Did much. you open a fourth bottle? Yeah. I Girl, where drinking. do you think your glass came from? I didn't even think about it. I just started sipping. <laughs> I just started sipping. But like, <laughs> what was I talking about? There was some verse in the Bible that was like, do not be drunk on wine, but be filled with the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I can't get I drunk off of you. I'm Luke sorry. three seventeen. Is that what that is? Girl, I don't know. But it says don't be drunk on wine, but we feel by the spirit. <laughs> then why would Jesus turn water into wine? What I'm saying, right? Mary said, Hey Jesus, get them barrels, turn them into wine. Rejoice. Exactly. Uh I learned Greek. I know exactly what she said. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's what she said, y'all. Wait, what about white privilege? <laughs> I have no idea. But all I know is that white people can drink and get drunk and punch cops in the face and not be dead. They can. Thank you. See how I do that? You see how I do that? Oh, my God. Can I tell you a story? Yes. Okay. Listeners, listen up. Obviously, I'm biracial. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Did you not know I have light skin? 
and a loose curl I pattern. I thought you were red bound. My curls are loose. <laughs> so I'm half white and half black. <laughs> didn't know the, what? Did, didn't know the black side, but knew the white side and know the white side very well. Um, one of my uncles is a cop. Mm, a white cop is a white cop <laughs> and a steady racist. Um, but does he know his niece is black? He does, but oh, because God. I'm articulate <laughs> and highly educated, he can overlook that fact without. Oh, so he doesn't see you as a black person. No, no I, I'm making quotes with my. Fingers. I don't think he's even seen my natural hair, to be quite honest, because mm. I haven't seen him in that long. But. There's a story my, that my family tells of my uncle. He was kidnapped. But this is actually true. My uncle was kidnapped. And but I, I think by these two black men. And my uncle pulled into this gas station and was pumping gas. And these two black men walked up behind him and like pulled a gun on him. And was like, get in the car. And he got in the car. <laughs> And they told him to drive. And so he kept driving and kept driving. And eventually he got to this gas station and pulled over and called my uncle, the racist cop. <laughs> and the racist cop came and like beat these black men to nonsense. Oh now, my God. Look, the point is these black men did kidnap my uncle. So I get it. <laughs> I get it. It's like, you know, you're clearly in the wrong here. You, know what I mean? you shouldn't be just kidnapping people. <laughs> But this particular person in my family would stop people for no reason because they were black and call them waterheads and beat them and give them tickets and let them go. Also, one of the members of my family was in the KKK. Okay, well, I knew about the KKK thing, KKK thing, but um, you you're like beat them, gave them tickets and then let them go. That is not letting someone go. That is letting someone. I mean, they got therapist. They, they like go. They and got beat, but. beat. Yeah, and yeah. and fined for their beating. They had to pay yeah. money for the ass woman they got. Exactly. That's that is racism. not okay. That's racism. You pay for your oppression. And yeah, then exactly. that no, but then that, that's also privilege because he got away with it, and he yeah. still gets away with it to this day. I would say his name and his social security number. He's, but he's family and I don't believe in snitching so I can't I'm sorry I'm sorry he's the oppressor he is the no he is the oppressor look yo like, I'm half legit. white I went on ancestry.com recently <laughs> and cause look maybe we should just do a whole episode of being biracial yeah because for me like I've struggled to figure out where I've I'm not gonna go into like various stories in my identity but, like, I've struggled to figure out where I fit in. And, like, historically, that has proven that I haven't fit into any group. And so the whole point is I went on com recently because I wanted to track where my family is from. The white side was extremely easy. <laughs> and it took, like, an hour. And I was like, yo, I've tracked, like, my whole white side. But I got to the point of where I had tracked all the way to like on the census it had where my white family started to own slaves mm. and i didn't realize how emotional it would be for me mm. because i could literally see where the white side of my family had been owning people of color 
like had mm-hmm. owned people not necessarily kill my black side of the family i don't know what plantations they were on you know <laughs> but it was it was a moment of where i was like this particular identity of being half black and half white is is it's kind of complex because it's this identity where one side of your identity has a historically oppressed this side of the other and therefore you don't really know where you belong because in appearance you're automatically assumed to be a part of one group you're black but internally you feel you know allegiance to both groups of people and it was a very emotional experience for me because i was like yo i can literally see the piece of paper where they wrote they own this human being and on this other side because these black people were owned, I couldn't trace their lineage. You know, that was a crazy experience for me. I don't know how we got on this topic. No, I know. I like. I but like it was crazy. You. It was crazy. Like, I don't. Be- I don't necessarily in this point in time believe in the story of the tragic mulatto. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, I want to kill myself because I'm, I'm like half black and half white, and I don't know where I fit society. That's not what I feel. <laughs> But I do, you know, I do say that being a part of these two particular identities, especially in American culture, is really complex. No, I totally understand. Own the other. It's just so weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's so yeah. weird. And I look at my mom at the end of the day, who's a white woman, and I think, like, you love me so much, but your great-great-grandmother owned my great-great-grandfather. And that is mm-hmm. so weird to me. That's so weird. I feel you. I've, I've, like, I feel mm. you in the, like, in the sense that our children are probably gonna be tragic mulattoes, even mm-hmm. though we're gonna raise them to, like, we're gonna raise them as like black children because, like, let's be real, that's how they're perceived in society unless they pass for white. So, like, yeah. Well, I'm not very. My skin's not very what lights. So mm-hmm. I don't think they will. I don't think they will because I I'm half West African. They're not gonna pass. There's that <laughs> you can't you can't have a grandfather from Africa and pass and for Hawaii. Right. <laughs> Your kids gonna be Karoma. Yeah, be Karoma. Yeah, I mean they'll be lighter than me, but they'll be like still very darker than their father. Mm-hmm. Um, like, <laughs> can you explain something to me? Yes. So, according to genetics, according to science, yeah, I'm really drunk right now. Like when we st- <laughs> when we started this podcast, I would say when we started this podcast, I would say I was tipsy. At this point, I would say I'm actually drunk. Science clearly points the fra- fact that everything originated in Africa. Mm-hmm. Like genetics, science, everything points. To this is where things were founded. Art, certain forms of mathematics are flowing from Africa. And yet, the European male has somehow been the most powerful presence on Earth. I don't understand how this is the fact. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, like, like, how can, how can, like, some of the most beautiful art, some of the most beautiful mathematics, science, come from the african continent yes and then somehow uh, be like 
taken by the European continent and just like taken over. I don't understand it. Let's let's discuss this. Let me know because I don't know of it all. Religion doesn't tell me everything about history. <laughs> Let me know, history major. I mean, okay, cradle of civilization, Mesopotamia. How do you say it? No, it's Mesopotamia. Oh my god, I can't believe it. That's high school. I can't believe it. (laughs) But Credo civilization lies in Africa. Honestly, we all started off as black. We all black. I did not. I don't know at which point. I cannot pinpoint the point in Africa where white was right. But I'm gonna honestly say some things though, like eggs. Just kidding. Brown eggs are better. I brown eggs are delicious. I they only buy them so good. exclusively. They're better than so white. So good. Why I am saying white it. Eggs brown eggs are better than white I eggs. I literally bought white eggs the other day. But go ahead. What were you saying? <laughs> okay. So, cradle of civilization in Africa. People went to people migrated to various continents where they experience different weather and yeah. weren't as close to and the it's equator. not because of the tower of babel y'all it's not the tower where of people tried to build a tower to heaven and god <laughs> spread them out it's just because humans migrate yes so as humans migrated through various continents specifically europe and asia there's as they start experiencing seasons and snow because the earth is round <laughs> And not flat. The earth is round and not flat like B.O.B. believes. It. In the winter, I'm going I'm to be real. In the winter, my skin gets real pale. I'm not at my I true blackness so in the summer. I so you can see the veins in my face. <laughs> and then after being exposed to that for centuries on centuries on centuries. You get white. You just you're you're you you birth you white child. white. I've seen it. You birth Iceland. children of whiteness and Iceland. <laughs> Hashtag Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> and you just develop features that go with the characteristics of that region that you need to be adaptable and that you need to survive within that region. Beyond that, so that is how. Wait, wait, wait a minute. What are you saying, Kat? Are you? Saying I'm saying that, that your body naturally adapts to the region that you're located in. Wow, that's exactly what I wanted you to say. <laughs> Whoa, keep going. That's amazing. So that's better than I'm gonna. Meant. At this point, I'm making assumptions. I'm gonna assume that once white people saw how white they skin were, they were like. <laughs> I'm going to be real arrogant about this. You know what? Maybe if I say something is so, it will be so. So I'm going to go and tell all them black people down in Africa, what's up? And I'm going to colonize them. And Africa are like, I'm just chilling, not wearing the coat, eating right. my fruit, talking right. to the parrots. Oh, being royal. Being fucking regal bitches. We royal. Yes. We just on being queens. I don't actually know. I've never been to Africa. I don't know what it's like. <laughs> no, but look, what I do know is they ain't struggling in the snow. They're not. They ain't got a they single snow word. tropical fruits. I ain't got no worries. They ain't got a single snow word. No, no, no. Continue so, your story. I didn't mean to jump in. So, I don't know at which point white people were like, well, we're clearly superior. Because we have on clothing. We, 
we wear clothing based on the climate that we're in. <laughs> it's hot as hell in Africa. <laughs> we're, we're, Why would I wear clothing? I don't know. We're close to the equator. It's hot. <laughs> we're hot. There's so many deserts. Anyway. It's 100 deg- 10 degrees Fahrenheit. I guess anyway. maybe like the coldness got to their heads because they're like, well, we're, we're better than these dark skinned people in this continent down below. Let's go in there and colonize them. And I don't know they what you're They brought tea. They brought <laughs> tea. First, let's colonize the black people to the east of us. And then the other y'all like, I don't know. God. Let's colonize the other people to the east of them. And everybody's going to be colonized. We're going to bring tea. Everybody. We're going to bring tea to everybody. Tea and biscuits. Tea and biscuits. Crumpets. 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 Tea and crumpets to everybody. And these... Uh, oh, damn. The French breed us to these colonies. They want macarons. <laughs> macarons. Mmm. Yeah. You were originally talking about paleness. Yeah, so okay. I don't like. I honestly can't explain why white people decide to be decide to colonize. I can't decide why Europeans like. I don't understand why Europeans were like because they wanted land. Cat. LNG. We it's have the. Of, it's not about religion. It's not about saying oh they're particular. They're this particular religion. We want to conquer them. It's like yo, we need more land for our own agendas. Let's take this. Yeah, all of our people are dying of the plague. Let's take over these people. That's exactly. kind of how I feel. Um, we only so, planted one species of potato. You know what? I can't. And now, <laughs> and now it's all dying. We should have had a, had a what is the word? Uniculture? <laughs> Who knows? You should have had some variety. You should have had some variety and you wouldn't have been dying out. More of the story, I can't explain why privilege. <laughs> we don't know about why people don't understand their privilege. We don't understand. That's more so. People in Iceland are white because the snow was white. They don't develop melanin in their skin. Therefore, they think white is pure because of Christianity was somehow found in Iceland. Where else are we? we don't understand how the world became the way that they are, we but we're living understand. in it. So please just don't. <laughs> so thank you so much for yeah. listening. We really appreciate I it. Much better when I'm not drunk. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We apologize for the level of intoxicity that we have. Intoxication. Intoxication that we But that's not me correcting. That's me saying that I have a different way of saying it. All all we're saying is that we're sorry for being drunk. I I was not drunk at the beginning. But But at at the the end, we did not stop. We're just being authentic and real. honest, authentic. We're just being loving. our real selves. I like think we're being loving. I our think our love. I'm slurring my words. <laughs> we're slurring, <laughs> but that's our form of drunk dialect. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Thank you so much for listening. 
Hey, can you say that? You it, can. Um, what? Can you say the social media site? Yeah, that's what I do say right it, now. Say it, Kat. <laughs> you can follow us at Twitter at unlearn underscore shy. Um, you can find us on Facebook at underlearn unlearned unlearn. Um, you can email us at unlearned podcast unlearn podcast at gmail dot com. And <laughs> you can find us on our website unlearned podcast. Com. You can find us on Tumblr and various media sites. So, thank you for dealing with the bullshit that we put you through. Today. I, we were actually really deep a I, lot of times. We were being the realest, but we were being the drunkest at all no the time. No boundaries because we were drunk. We no filter because we were drunk. Hashtag no filter. This is drunk history. God, well, drunk oh African American history. Well, you you learn things about blackness. You at least learn things about Misha and Kat that you yeah. didn't know before. So. Or the story. We're sorry for all the alcohol we, we had. We four or so. Whatever. I'm about to have four and a half. MBD. Am I pouring over my glass? No, finish. No, you're good. Um, thank you for listening. And oh my God, hold on. have a... <laughs>